Mary, I hope everybody's well. Happy Wednesday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day of week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Boost. We're honored for those who, whoever, whoever is here, we thank you for being here. We are delving into the world of change. It's a complicated world, the world that many times leaves us excited and inspired for a few minutes or days or weeks. And then we go right back to who we are. So many times you speak to somebody and you give them advice, an idea, not even like you have to give them anything like major. This happens all the time. They'll, they'll say, oh, that actually makes sense. Yeah. And then like you see them a month later, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I should really do that. And like you wonder, like, well, why don't you do it? You have the issue. This is a potential tool. Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, and the answer is because change is super difficult. And it's difficult for a lot of reasons that we we may not be aware of. And one of the issues that we started talking about yesterday is that most of us, when we think of change, we immediately go to the things that I am the worst at. When we think of change, we immediately move towards the things that I can't do. And now I got to go out and work on that. And, And the issue with that is it's so difficult. It's so difficult to navigate your life every day and attack something that is far from you. Your brain isn't oriented to it yet. Your emotions aren't oriented to it yet. And many times you're not good in it either because you haven't done it or you're not naturally good at things that are connected to that. So if you've got a relationship issue, it could be that the way you interact in general, it even could be your natural traits of interaction. It's somehow clashing with the person that you want to have a relationship with. But you clearly have neuroplasticity that's not doing well in this particular scenario. Emotionally, you've created some barrier that has been preventing you from change. And maybe even naturally, the way you naturally operate in the world doesn't doesn't fit. And so when we think of change, we go immediately into the things that we're not good at. And we take this limited amount of discipline that we all have every single day, as we spoke about in last season, and we attach it to the things that we're not good at, not realizing that the amount of effort that it takes is more than we have. We only have a limited amount of discipline. Going through my day requires some level of discipline. The unexpected twist and turn that I get, it it creates some discipline. But now I've committed 100 units of discipline to this new trait, but I don't have 100 units to give. You know, I wake up and throughout my whole day, all I remember, discipline's a muscle. Discipline is a limited resource. So when I wake up in the morning, I have a hundred units of discipline and I got to give out discipline to getting up, you know, going here, going there, there's red lights, there's someone at work. I got to, I got to do my life. And throughout my regular days, I use 50, 50 units of discipline. Just go through my day. So I have 50 units left to change. Summertime. Okay. I get 65 units in the summer, but to, to change this habit requires a hundred. So I go at it because if, remember, if something costs you $100, you're still paying one, two, three, four, five, 
So I'm putting my discipline in one, two, but I get to 65 and I'm out. But the change requires a constant investment of 100 units of discipline. And now all of a sudden I'm exhausted. And I failed. And my life, my other life used to be, used to only cost me 65 units of discipline. And now this, or 50 units. And now this happened that I didn't realize it. Or I got to stay up later than usual. So I slept less and I didn't realize it. Or I got disappointed by somebody and that cost me discipline too. Or someone said something that I didn't like and I had to hold back. Or I said something and I feel guilty. And that's, you, that's, that, that, that's discipline. Going through your day costs discipline. That's how you get through your day. It's through discipline. Right? When you go through your day, you're constantly in the world of expansion and retraction. And we can expand all day, but at some point we have to we have to we have to contract. We have to not say it. We have to stop at the red light. We have to wait in turn. We have to think when my brain wants to, to zone out. I have to control what goes in my mouth. Every time we are exercising any level of control, that is an exercise in discipline. If you remember last year, we did a little bit of like the beginnings of the Sifi Road, which is Really, I wouldn't even call it Kabbalah. It's just, it's, it's, it's Kabbalistic, but it's not Kabbalah. It's, it's Kabbalah, but we're not doing Kabbalah. And on the right side, if you remember, we went through this, that the world is situated in these 10 principles, if you will, 10, you know, channels. They're called Sefirot. The whole world, the DNA of the spiritual world. If you look in the spiritual DNA, it's 10 spheros. And on the right side is what we call the spheros of of expansion, of chesed. And on the left side, there's the spheros of contraction. We're always toggling. If you look at your whole day and break it down to its core elements, you will see that you most of your day, if not all of your day, is toggling between two separate modes expansion contraction giving holding back and when you go through your day every time you step on the the gas of contraction or let's say the brake if you will every time you step on that brake you are using allocated discipline you don't have you don't have unlimited weight discipline you can't say no all day you can't hold back too much it's exhausting and depending on who you are it's even more exhausting there are people that are more naturally they're expansive types they, they, the way they operate, the way they give money, the way they spend, the way they talk. They're, if you have to categorize them, they're, they're, we call them right side or they're expansive. Now, there's challenge with that too. But that's who they are. And so when they have to contract, it's even harder for them. There are people that can sit in front of a whiteboard and like dream all day long. Their brain expands to the horizons, but you ask them to do 10 emails and they're going out of their mind. You ask them to pay a bill and they're like, I'll get to it. No, I'll get to it. No, I'm going to get to the bill. It's, it's sitting on their desk. 
late notice, late notice. They want to pay the bill. They have the money. But to go and take the bill and go to their computer or go to their checkbook or go to the thing and write it down. And what's the number? They can't. And so for those people, it's even more, can't. even them, they're, they live in a place of expansiveness. And so it's so hard to contract. It's so hard to say no. It's so hard to change because change requires the ability to say no to some previous behavior that feels normal and natural to you. There are people that have contraction as their normal thing. They, they're constantly detailed and they can sit and they can be focused and they can say no but it's hard to expand and see themselves as a totally new person. It's hard to get the inspiration from change because they don't believe really that they can change. And as I'm talking, one of you and the, and the hundred shades of gray in between are listening. And one of you is like, yeah, let's do it. Let's change. I got this. Let's, let's go. And then, you know, you, you remember, I said that last year and last month and last week. And some of you are thinking, nah, come on. I'm not changing. Eh, it's okay. I mean, like, nice. It's, it's sweet. I appreciate what he's doing, but like, but you give him something to do. Oh, they're, they're, they're already thinking about how it's going to happen. Expansion, chesed, contraction. It's called gvura. But the key is to understand that once I realize that the gvura, the strength, the discipline that is part of my spiritual DNA that every one of us has, that's really what executes on the vision. My expansion could see what I want to be, but really I don't get there by just expansion. I get there by contraction. And in fact, if you go through the the forefathers, Abraham represents expansion, brought monotheism to the world. He went everywhere. He started in one place, went to the next place, grew, grew, did, did, spoke. He was like the king, the general. He was world-renowned, and he had an incredibly expansive resume. He was a healer. He was the teacher. He was a rabbi. He was a war general. He went to save his nephew. He went, he, he, he went to Egypt. He was, so he, was a, he was a statesman. He was everything. He was the most expansive Jew we've ever had. Because he was the embodiment of the right. And on the left was his son, Isaac, who was the embodiment of contraction. His whole essence was he was put on the altar. Remember the binding of Isaac? He was bound. He was in a home. He didn't leave Israel. He stayed in his tent. He was connected at a deeper level. At the end of his life, he was blind. He was restricted. But in that restriction, he was, he had gotten, he got rid of all evil inclination. He was pure and clean like a sacrifice those two first forefathers represent the two powers inside us the power to expand to see to dream to want change to see ourselves in a new light which some people have more naturally than others for some people they're always doing this they're always seeing you stop them in an airport and they're already like, you know, where are you? They're not on an airplane. They're in, in out of space. Dreaming, drawing, writing. Expansiveness. And the other trait, which is contraction. Here and now. Do it. Get it done. 
stop. And there's some people, they live in, in this space. Lists, getting things done every single day, running, doing, going, everything figured out, done. They get stuff done. They understand how to say no, because if they say yes six times and five doesn't happen, it bothers them. Some people say yes to everything and they get nothing done. But they just keep on saying yes. And they mean it. They're not lying. They think they can do everything when, they, when they're sitting and talking. And some people, really, they, they can't say yes to something they can't know they can do. Sometimes when you're sitting across the table with them, especially like in a company, you're like, we're going to do that. Da, 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 and they're like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, well, you didn't even try yet. They're already anticipating, you know, anticipating that they can't. And they'd rather say they can't than to say they can and not deliver it. Contraction. These are two superpowers. No one's better than the other. No one has the right to say, do it my way. Abraham and Isaac. But when we are able to marry them together in our own selves, what we produce is Jacob. He is the blend of both. Jewish people stem from Jacob. Jacob is, if you will, the, the, the one that has all the tribes. Because even though each tribe is separate and different, even though the 12 tribes is a myriad of different talents, each of these talents have the proper balance of the two core traits, which is expansion and contraction, chesed and gvura. We have to, if we're going to change, we have to be aware of these levers. We have to be aware that we have these levers inside us. And we have to start to see when they start to click in. We have to start to, we can do this. I mean, I do this when I, with people, I do these personality tests that they can tell it to you. But even without it, we have to start to find, see what is natural to us and start to think in this way. Because if you're talking to somebody who has a stronger affiliation or a, a affinity towards contraction and you're an expansion person, they're looking at you sometimes and thinking like, wow, that's awesome. But the guy's not going to deliver. Or you can be like in the, in the clouds. They can't see those clouds. But when you're having a conversation with them and you're trying to work on a project together, if you both can respect each other, the two of you can do anything. But if you're married to someone like that, or it's your best friend, and you're frustrated that they don't see the world that you see, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rub up against you. If you're married, if you're a person of expansion, married to a person of contraction, you guys are a perfect match. You guys can run a household perfectly. But guess what? The, the one of contraction ain't picking up in the morning on, on a dime and spontaneously running away to whatever, to California. Your brain's like, let's do it. They're like, what? We didn't even plan the trip. You're like, come on. Come on, live a little bit. Person contractions, like, what, what, what does that even mean, live a little bit? Get, just get on an airplane. Is everything worked out? Is everything figured out? What do we do with the kid? Da, da, da. I see the world very differently. But you have to understand who we are. You have to understand who you are. Just start, start to get familiar with these two different traits. Start to see it in other people. Start to appreciate other people. But you also have to start seeing it from your own place of change. 
Because if you're a person that is naturally contracting, you're a tremendous power, but you have to understand that you have to push yourself a little harder to have a vision for your, what you can become. And if you're a person who's naturally an expansive person, you're a chesed person, then you got to be able to make sure that when you have a dream, you can actually deliver on that. And the ability to deliver on a dream is in the left. It's a limited resource. And so if you're going up against something that is totally foreign to you right now, you may be misjudging how much discipline it needs. And so while it seems amazing in theory and in potential, and it's inspiring, when you actually get into the, into the real guts of it, you don't got it. You don't got it. There's just not enough discipline to deliver on this. That's why cold turkey rarely works. For some people, it works. High discipline types, but for most people, it really... And the reason is because you're doing it because it's inspiring. You want, the, you want the result already, but you don't realize just how hard it is in three weeks from now when your brain is really orienting to your new life and all the variety and newness and freshness went away. And it requires an enormous amount of discipline. You don't have that much discipline. And then when you, when you stop doing it, that only sends a trigger to your mind saying, I told you, you can't change. So the next time when you're thinking of change, your brain goes, wait a second, didn't you try to change and you, and you failed? You're already doing this for 50 years. Just don't, don't even, don't pretend. You're fine. This is who you are. You ever hear that? This is who I am. Where does that come from? It comes from a bunch of failures of change. And then your brain goes, don't even go down this road. But when you look out into change and say, okay, I got to try as much as I can. I'm new to this, but I got to try to be aware that change requires a payment of discipline. And I have to make sure I have enough discipline to pay. If I want to buy Park Place in Monopoly, I need enough money. So if I begin change with the stuff that I am the worst at, it's more obvious to me. And it may be more pressing because it's clearer. But if I am not aware of the fact that that's going to require an enormous amount of discipline, unless I have it, I am naturally disciplined so I can do it. Or I got nothing to do because all of my obligations are taken from me. And what was once a very busy life, I'm at a point in my life, either calendar-wise or whatever, where I have more, more space. It happens. I speak to people you know, that, that, that work like crazy. And then one day a phone call rings and it's some company that offers them a lot of money for their business. January, they were working 20-hour days, six days a week. In May, they sold their company and put more money away than they're ever going to need. They got on the do. Life changes. And families and kids knock on the door and they're like, hasta luego. We're all going to camp school. You're, we're done. And all of a sudden, they're going to do. But you have to start to become aware of your life, of the al- what's allocated, what's, what's available. What, how much discipline is it, as we called restricted cash and available cash? How much do you have in terms of restricted discipline allocated already to your existing life? 
And how much do you have in terms of available discipline? And once we are starting to get a sense of that, now we can start to say, wait a second. I got to make sure I'm, 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 I'm aligning how much discipline I have or I think I have to what I want to accomplish. Because then I can set myself up for success. And success breeds success. And nothing is more inspiring than actually changing. All right, we'll talk about this. All right, everybody, think about this a little bit today. Expansive, contractive. Start to think, where do you fall in this category? There's nobody that's, almost nobody is a zero or a hundred. Right? Where do you fall in the continuum? Maybe the people around you. But either way, as we start to understand ourselves better, we can start to more strategically figure out how we're going to change. Okay. Have an amazing day with God's help. I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.